I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Barty, and this week on the show, I have... Jason and Jody Womack. They are the authors of the forthcoming book, Get Momentum. And they are also the founders of Get Momentum, which is a fantastic program that I encourage you to check out. Everything's available in the show notes. And we'll just dive into, we talk about fear, a whole bunch of great things and how people can get and keep momentum. So stay tuned for that because it's coming right your way. Here's my conversation with Jody and Jason Womack on the Productivities Podcast. I would like to welcome... It's been a while since I've had two guests on at the same time, and there's only been one other uh, married couple that I've ever interviewed at once, and it was Mark and Angel from Mark and Angel Hack Life. Now I've got Jason and Jody Womack on the show. How are you guys doing? We're excited and delighted to be here. Yeah, super stoked. Now... I met Jody first. This is years ago. World Domination Summit. World Dom- was it the first one, Jody? Was it the first one? I yeah. think it was. It yeah, was. I've been to all five. So we met at World Domination Summit. Jason was not there, although you wanted to be, if I recall, Jason. Wasn't that the, the, the you wanted I want to, to go there. where she goes, bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had Jason. Jason, you and I have chatted before when, when we uh, were doing Mics on Mics with Michael Schechter. But now you guys are, I mean, you guys have worked together for a really long time on this. How long have you guys been working together with, with the Womack Company and building up what you're, what you're doing? Two answers to that question. Womack Company's nine years old, but we've been really work. We've been editing each other's work for 23 years. I was going to say, we met in the front row of history class at UC Santa Barbara. Back, you know, we were 22 Something. years old, somewhere around there. <laughs> and we just got off to a great start in editing each other's work and giving really constructive, hard feedback and then still being able to maintain a friendship and, and enjoy one another's company. So that's how we launched. The big learning there, Mike, was how can I get feedback on what I've done and separate that out from who I am and that's a skill that I would recommend anybody starting anything hone immediately. Now, you've got this place that you could probably help people hone that kind of thing. Not just not just a book that's coming out, which we'll get to in a minute, but um, we're going to talk about Get Momentum. Because, I mean, I've seen – Jason, I've followed your work for a long time. Jody, I've followed your work for a long time. I mean, I've been, you know, I mean, back from 
again, we're talking years ago, and I mean, your best got better. The Promise Doctrine, Jason, those that's been the work that you've you've been known for. But now there's this Get Momentum Academy, which I want people to kind of get a sense of. So, can you kind of dive into the nuts and bolts of that, each of you, as to as to how the Get Momentum Academy works and what the focus of of the the academy is? Like you, Mike, we've been running programs, workshops, webinars, anything we could do to help people whether it's be more productive, be more engaged, be more organized. And what we found was that in the moment, they got great ideas. They left those workshops all jacked up and enthused about whether they're going to get their email organized, get their delegation handled. They're going to whatever it was they were going to do. And that lasted for what, 72 hours? We kept getting these emails saying, hey, Jason, hey, Jody, we got some ideas, but a few weeks hence, we're not doing what we know we need. So we started experimenting. We started doing more teleseminars, more webinars. What we found is that if we could give people something once a month, a topic, a skill, really, that they would keep coming back. And that 30-day in-between was enough time for them to practice, get better at, and really step into a leadership slash productivity skill. So Get Momentum Leadership Academy We do 12 themes per year, one theme per month. We do a deep dive study. We produce a PDF ebook. It's about 20 to 25 pages, four activities per month, all focused on one productivity leadership skill. We run a program, a webinar based on that module. And then we started doing, last year, we started doing virtual coffee chat, which are kind of like office hours with your professor. And we do those twice a month. And the idea here was could we create a online synchronous, asynchronous academy, meaning we could give people the live interaction with their coaches. Also, we could give them the work to practice through that time. And, you know, I find the people who show up for leadership and productivity workshops and those are the types of people that come to get momentum. They're not slackers. They are the overachievers who say yes to a lot. Personally and professionally, they have a lot going on. And so get momentum's real focus is how do we curate the content so they can actually make forward motion on one thing at a time? Because just from our experience, and Mike, I bet you have this as well. When you try to do everything all the time, it's overwhelming and it's exhausting. And uh, we're in it for the long haul. You know, we're always looking at how do we make our work styles and our lifestyles sustainable so that we have a great time. We create, get great content. We meet up with great people. We do fun things. And, you know, at the end of the day, things get done. So let's talk about the people who who are, I mean, the, the, the idea of momentum is really, really key to me because... Um, what people do, and you talked about this right off the hop, Jason, you said, you know, they, they go for 72 hours and they stop. Um, you've got this book coming out. The two of you've co this is the first one you've co-authored together, correct? Yes. So that's, that's exciting. How did, for, let's talk about how that worked. And then we'll talk about the, the idea of what the book will help you. So how did you, how did that process work? Cause I mean, uh, you know, I mean the writing process for us, for an author on their own is, is, is challenging, but to have the two of you working together, like how did that process come about and how did it, how did you keep, again, I guess for lack of a better term, momentum going with it? So I would write about 7,000 words at a time and then Jody would go delete about 4,200. <laughs> so our big joke is that Ray, Jason wrote the book and I deleted it. 
And, you know, that's what works for us. So Jason is the big idea visionary. He can talk things through and, and there's no shortage of what he can give. And my goal and my skill is really like, what's the one thing we're talking about right here? What's the one thing? And I think between the two of us, we have these different skills. We have these different uh, perspectives that it helps the reader. So they get a little bit of both. And well, I was going to say people resonate with Jason if they're the overachievers, competitive athletes, marathon, triathlon, go, go, go. And then, you know, I'm more laid back and my idea of a good time is a, a walk on the beach or in the hills all by myself or, you know, just the two of us. And so I think giving people a range in work styles and preferences, they can calibrate for themselves. And really, Mike, it was a matter of that we are different. And, you know, that saying opposites attract. I don't know uh, how many of you out there have done a Myers-Briggs or a DISC or a Winslow assessment, all these personality assessments that that exist. Anytime Jody and I take one of these, we are letter for letter, color for color, animal for animal, opposite. It drove us crazy for a long time. I'll completely self-assess that one until we understood here's how Jason looks at things and here's how Jody looks at things. So to, to answer the question, how did it work? The first thing we had to realize was we were doing Get Momentum as we were writing it. Get Momentum has five stages. There's five questions you have to ask to get momentum. And Jody and I realized the more we used each one of those questions, the more momentum we got. What are those questions? Let's dive in, or at least what, maybe let's talk about the question that you think is the one that kind of leads everything off. Uh, you know, The what, one that I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to sleep without having a tentative answer to tonight uh-huh. is what, what do you want to be known for? Right. Now, when a lot of people hear this one, they think, oh my goodness, am I trying to figure out my legacy? Am I trying to figure out my life mission? Is this the epitaph on the cemetery stone? And I always come back and I say, look it, a quarter, a year, maybe. But if you were at a party six, eight months from now and someone was talking about you and you were overhearing them, what would you want them to say you're known for? Jody and I, when we were starting to write this book, Mike, I said, I want to be known as a couple in business who write a bestseller together. Well, that started lining things up. What other couples who are in business together wrote bestsellers together. How did they work? How did they act? What did they do? And so once I answer even a tentative preliminary slash draft answer to that question, I have something to bring up at the next networking event. And, and you know, that whole saying, right? If, if you want to be interesting, be interested. If you want to carry a conversation into the next thing, talk about what you're working on. If I could get someone to tell me what they want to be known for, all of a sudden, the doors start opening. How, what happens when this, you know, this this idea of what do you want to be known for, you get sidetracked. That happens to all of us. I'm sure it happens to you, you both as well. Like Jody, what happens when, when you know, you've got momentum. You're, you're you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, you know what, this is what I want to be known for, and then um, I'll use the amorphous quote of life happens. Like, what do you do? Well, and that's a great segue. I love that you just teed this up for me. Uh, The second question is, who do I know that can help me? Who do I know uh, can redirect me? So we talk a lot about mentors and having people on our team because there's this great myth that there's 
legendary individuals out there that do, you know, they build empires all by themselves. And the more we get to know some of these celebrity business people, they're the first ones to say, I had a lot of help and I had mentors and I had people that helped keep me on track. We just reached out to another best-selling author who right now is in the middle of a launch. Jody reached out to him and said, hey, how did you do that one thing with your pre-order on your website? And he point blank responded back, I don't know. I have someone <laughs> on my team doing that. Yep. And, yep. You know, so that's the good and the bad news. But being able to build your network, build your team, all those things before you need it. And one of the things that I learned over doing these women's business socials for five years, kind of my life before I get momentum, um, it's easiest to build your network when you have something to give. And I think socially, we've seen it all the time. I bet you get this too, where people get lot, uh, laid off or they're having trouble and they, ask, they make the ask then and it's awkward, you know? Mm. Uh, so we encourage people all the time before you have... And ask, make sure you're giving as much as you can to your community and your team. And whether that's, you know, writing reviews on Amazon or endorsing on LinkedIn, you know, genuine, authentic uh, support, you know, people that you really believe in that you want to be helping in, along the way. Uh, that's really one of those things that helps uh, mentors stay in touch and keep you on focus. Because you're right, life happens emergencies happen, great opportunities happen. Uh, but how do you get back on course to to get momentum on that thing you really want to do? How important is measuring this along the way? I, one of the things I talk about with people, and I'm, I know you guys are, are very <clears throat> quality oriented as well, very qualitative. Uh, you know, I mean, the stuff I see, J I mean, Jason, when you just finished a, a crazy bike ride, didn't you? Like last week or something like that as we're recording this? Like, didn't you... It, and isn't that something you normally do? Like, it's not crazy for you, but it's something that... <laughs> you know, what's, amazing, what's crazy is that people show up for these crazy things I, I invite them to. So uh, the last Friday in September, generally, we hike the Grand Canyon in one day. Uh, for a week in March, generally, we ride the coast of California on our bicycles uh, for over four or five days. Um, and, and, and you're right, that qualitative, that measurement... Um, but I want to make sure that we get a great question for your listeners. So, so what what could help them with with that follow up question? Well, and I think I think the the qualitative stuff's important, but a lot of people they get stuck in the quantitative. You know, like you know when they're my productivity is increased by sixty seven percent. My you know my bank account like it's all people are really hung up on the quantitative. So I guess how do you strike a balance between that the 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 way you measure something both in terms of you know not, you know qualitatively and quantitatively. So uh, if you're ready for the third question of momentum, because you're doing such a great job, Mike, of setting us up for it. So the third question we ask is, what are three sub projects you can complete in 90 days? And what we found is that once we answer that first question, what do I want to be known for? Second question, whom can I learn from? Now, all of a sudden, there's that part of me, specifically me, there's that part of me that wants to do I want to go do something. And what I found is if I could chunk these into kind of 30-day, 60-day, 90-day milestones, we call them, if I have flags that I can march toward that I can measure. So let's just say, for example, Jody and I put together a, a retreat. Every February, we put together a retreat. About 100, maybe 90 days before that retreat's about to start, so three and a half months or so out, 
we build these milestones that we can measure, that we can judge ourselves against. We know if we're on or off course. So maybe 30 days from now would be to write the curriculum. And then 60 days from now would to be handle all the marketing materials. And then 90 days from now, a week before the seminar, would be that we'd organized all of the logistics, the hotel, the rooms, the transportation. I know that my old way of doing things is I would have said, hey, let's do a retreat. And then I probably would have started working on it in about 80 days. Wow. Wow. So what I find is people love the doing and, you know, when we talk about strategic planning and long-term, um, sometimes it's hard to connect those dots. Mm. So these sub projects help people have little tiny completable mini projects, sub projects that give them the momentum. There's something happens when something actually gets completed. Uh, there is positive, emotion around that and other people around you start to trust that you're actually one of those folks that makes things happen and people want to be a part of that. When it comes to, you know, kind of figuring out what to do and how to maybe implement those sub sub projects and, and how to move forward. Uh, one of the things that I've always found is that, uh, you know, again, the apps become such a huge part of it. Like what, what tools can I use to, and how do I experiment with these things to make them, make them work? Uh, what, what do you say to people who, cause one of the things that I, I say is look like the approach is way more important than the app, but yes. I mean, obviously tools are needed. So like, what do you say when it comes to the idea of tinkering or fiddling, which can be both helpful and detrimental depending on how you do it. Like how do you strike the balance between that idea of, you know, kind of playing around and figuring out how to get the thing done and then, you know, intentionally, you know, growing and making it happen. And so Mike, this is going to be important for everyone to know that both Jody and I have studied psychology. I wrote a, a thesis on the impact of self-talk on human performance. What you're talking about, the way I listen to or hear it is that's stage five of momentum. So let me back up one moment. Mm -hmm. In between setting these milestones and making changes, downloading an app, creating some process, doing something, in between that is a stage that Jody and I call monitor. And what we ask people to do, once they've identified what they want to be known for, they've set up their mentor systems of whom they can learn from, they've dialed in their milestones 30, 60, 90 days from now, the first thing that I need them to do is start looking and acknowledging for what's working. And I'm telling you, this goes against so much of the way that I was brought up, the way that I was trained, because I was taught to look and immediately change what isn't working. Well, when I studied self-talk, when I studied behavior modification, when I studied how people truly change, here's what we realized, Mike. The more one is acknowledged, the more they do whatever they were acknowledged for. If I'm acknowledged for not prepare, being prepared, for not performing, darn it, I'm actually going to repeat those performances. And I don't want to get too downstream in psychology here. But what we need you to do, and this is where tracking comes into play. We just had a call with one of our members earlier this morning about setting up a, a, a very basic tracking system. And as we were building it, I knew that there were more times out of the week that he was going to track he was on course than he wasn't because I know what happens to that momentum. Mm -hmm. 
So the first thing that I would like people to, to think about is take a look at what you want, where you're going, those things that you want to be manifesting and set up a way that will acknowledge that you are doing good. You are making progress. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, it's funny, you know, you think about, I just went to a workshop actually yesterday um, and I'm a comic book nerd. So it was called uh, an evening with Batman's brain. And it talked about the psychology of Batman and, and how uh, one of the, and the neuroscience behind it, there was a, it was a Comic-Con style panel. It was really interesting. And one of the things that, that uh, they talked about was uh, the idea that, and this is going to go a bit, bit off kilter, but uh, you know, I mean, follow me here is that, they kept asking why Batman didn't kill the Joker. Like, why doesn't he kill the Joker? You know, I mean, and and one of the things that came up was the idea that he has this code of ethics that yeah. he can't kill. But he knows that if he doesn't kill the Joker, then the Joker will probably kill again. But he still can't break that rule. So my, my follow-up here is, is how do you build constraints without... And, and reconcile the fact that some things are going to fall by the wayside as a result. So when you've got this momentum, right, and you're building momentum, and you want to maintain it. How do you make sure that you've got these, you know, these constraints or rules or boundaries in place that are going to be more beneficial than constrictive? Because that's why a lot of people don't like to set up boundaries. They feel they're too, they're too, they create too much friction. So what do you recommend in, the, in that case? Well, you know, I think it's funny because I'll share a little behind the curtain with Jason and I with technology. Uh, Jason has a bunch of apps that will turn off his internet connection and it will stop downloading his email and all of these apps and things that automatically do that on his behalf. And he sets that up. And I have the low tech version of that, of just forgetting where my phone is or <laughs> taking my things outside and working there. And, you know, the, the net net is the same. Like, how do you get thinking time and real doing time, not like our job is not to have a zero based inbox. That is not why anybody was hired. It's a benefit, you know, knowing having the decks clean really can help you do your work. But that in and in it of itself isn't your job. So clearing the deck to do bigger thinking time and saying, you know, getting okay with saying no to things, whether that's no to clients or no to work that isn't on topic is uh, it's a big step. And, and Mike, I, I really love this word constraints because people put the word constraints, they put the word discipline, they put the word organized as something to get to. Mm -hmm. So I need to get my constraints lined up. I need to get disciplined. I need to get organized. Here's a way that I think about it. And I very rarely will think about what I should be doing that I'm not versus what I do that I could magnify. Let me give you a quick example. So there's there's three kinds of work I do in a day. There's transactional, there's relationship building, and there's opportunity development. Everyone, for those of you listening, let me get you to write this down. T-R-O, transaction, relationship, opportunity. Here's what I found. The relationship building is what's going to create the other two. Meaning the more folks that I reach out to, the more people that I meet, as Jody was sharing just a moment ago, she started a, a program back in, in 2009 called the Women's Business Social, where she reached out to women who owned businesses in our community, invited them once a month to gather, to chat, 
to talk about what they're working on. And she wound up getting people coming to her as the hub of the community. She was building relationships, which immediately turned into transactions. Hey, Jody, who do you know who that you could introduce me to? Hey, Jody, what do you think I could do to grow my business? Two, opportunity development. Hey, Jody, would you come share at our conference in Paris, France? Hey, Jody, will you please contribute to an article that we were working on? Now, when I go to that fourth stage of momentum, right? So what can I acknowledge that's already working? Where are you handling your transactions? Where are you building those relationships? And where are you creating those opportunities that you can further develop? Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. That's the thing is that so many people, yeah, they, they don't, they don't, they spend too much time. And maybe this goes back to your initial point about the doing, right? Doing is really important, but how do we, how do you get people out of the trap of just doing for the sake of doing? Here's how I, mean? I do it. Okay. Here's how I do it. I get people to write down 100 to 300 things that are on their mind that they think they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then on the left-hand column, we put TRO all the way down there. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, look at this is being me being transparent. Most of the time, people are overweighted. Any guesses on this? Anybody? 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 <laughs> Transactions. Yeah. And I'm always looking. It's like, look at, uh, you know, if I'm going to make a phone call transaction, I better have some kind of relationship I'm building or opportunity I'm creating because darn it, I can only do so much. And I need to make sure that all of that doing is moving us forward, as Jody kept saying. And so I want to dive a little bit into kind of the idea of methodologies. Now, I mean, I, I know that you just, is there a specific, other than that, what you've just described, I mean, people get caught up in the, not just the apps, but the different types of methods that they can do to keep moving things forward. And I know that in your book, you mentioned, especially in, um, if you go to the Amazon page, you'll see it. Like there's no, um, there is no one size fits all recipe for success. So, I mean, there are tons of them out there. What are your thoughts on the different methodologies that are out there to quote, um, I'm going to get things done to a certain extent. Like, like, is it, do people get too hung up on that kind of thing? And, and uh, do they focus on maybe the low level stuff and not on the high level stuff? Like, where do you, I'll, I'll throw that to you first, Jody. Like, where do you think that that falls into the spectrum and, and, and actually ironically keeps people from moving things exponentially forward? Well, I know a ton of very, very busy people, but I only know a handful of people that, I would consider true leaders that I would follow and I would want to partner with. Right. You know, so that whole thing of curating, they may not know how to use their phone. I know some very savvy people um, that aren't super tech savvy, but I would still partner with them on any project they've got because I respect them and the work they do. And part of that comes from what they choose not to do and what they choose to focus on. Um, we talk about focus a lot in the program because you know, a lot of us are like kids in the candy shop. We just want to say yes to everything. And there's so many great opportunities and so many things we could be doing, but you can't. So what is it that you are actually going to be known for? What are, what do you want to build along this way? What do you got, Jason? The ultimate methodology, the ultimate process are the ABCs, right? I need to learn the ABCs in order. There's A and then B and then C. Once I know those 26 letters, 
then I can start to transform the order that those letters go into to transform the words into orders that they go into. The innovation comes after I am secure in the methodology. So whether it's and, – and you and I, Mike, we, we've been around this long enough. We could go through all the list of mm -hmm. the methodologies out there. I think what we have to do as uh, conscious consumers is we have to go learn them. Right. I had to go read Lycan and then I had to read Stephen Covey and then I had to read David Allen and then I had to read whoever that lineup is that you're in. However, and my favorite quote on this comes from a cat named Bruce Lee. He said, look it, go learn stuff, use what works, drop what doesn't work, but make everything your own. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's the same reason why. And this is this this holds true to what you were saying about, you know, trying to being busy versus doing the right things. I mean, there's the quote by Bruce Lee, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't, I don't fear the man that knows 10,000 holds. I fear the man that's done the same hold 10,000 times. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that that and I, I think that that a lot of people get caught up in the busy work. Now, I want to get into the momentum aspect, not just of, it's funny, you talk about work, work is the, the primary focus when people think about productivity, they think about, oh, well, I'll work better, I'll work, I'll, I'll be better at work, but this stuff bleeds into life, and, and why do you think people are so resistant to adopting these kind of habits or these kind of um, ideals with things outside of the workplace? Because you see it that they, they adopted at work, and there's this great book, which I wrote about not too long ago called How to Live on 24 Hours a Day. Uh, and he talks about the, the, the day. And this, is a, this book was written in 1910. So the problem hasn't changed. People assume that the day is the time that they spend at the office. And they get home and they nowadays they turn on Netflix and, or the TV or whatever and that's the end of their day as opposed to intentionally living after the, 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 the punch clock goes. So how do you – like why do you think people are so resistant to the idea of adopting this stuff outside of that regimented time period that they would, could call a work day. So Jason talks a lot about working on airplanes, working in 15-minute chunks, you know, when a meeting runs late or when a client's running late, and how to get more productive in the little weird pockets of time. And a lot of times folks will come up to me on the side and, and they'll say, does Jason ever chill out or do nothing? And and I tell them, Jason works as hard as he does when he does so that we can be together and unplug and go for a walk in the hills in the evening and not be talking about, you know, did you do that invoice or did this paperwork get finished and completed? You know, we do it so that we can unplug entirely and know and trust that the system is in place, that everything's being handled. That's that's where I come from. It's like I do as much as I do so that I can unplug and be free to be me wherever that happens to be. And, and you know, quite quite transparently, Mike, the, the folks that I'm hearing who say those kinds of things, I, I always love to answer to ask them that first question of what do you want to be known for? And oftentimes the answer will come back and it does result in a separation. Look, there are people, probably not a lot of you listening to this because we attract a different crowd. There are people out there who want to leave their office and turn off a switch. They want to get home and they want to turn on a switch. Guys like you and I and Jody, Mike, we have dimmer switches everywhere. We don't turn off work while we're playing. We turn it down. We don't turn off play when we're working. We turn it down. So 
you know, I'm, I'm thinking about um, uh, Cal's new book, Deep Work. Phenomenal, you know, he talks about, phenomenal book. Phenomenal He talks book. about productive meditation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it was snowing and he was walking across the Massachusetts Bridge about how he would work out his next lecture. He would work out that next article. And so I, I think if, if we were to kind of establish we're in a new era of productivity going into 2020, 2030, you know, the singularity is near. That, that saying keeps coming up, this, this we are who we are no matter where we are. I walk into a room and if there's people who know me, I'm that author, triathlete guy who speaks in front of conferences. That's who I am. Now, I could work for a couple more years and maybe change that, but that would be the effort involved, not just when I'm on stage or not just when I'm on a bicycle, but what do you want to be known for? Let's let's really grapple with that so that that personal self-branding then, whether I'm at home with my wife, whether I'm on a bike ride with a buddy or whether I'm staying in front of my friends d- delivering a seminar, I want to be known as – to wrap up you got the book coming out it comes out on may may 2nd like the day after may day the day after may day so in french (laughs) that does mean help me so we will do everything we can um here's the deal we've got obviously every author that you all have ever heard from we do the pre-order offers uh if you've ever wanted a chance to help an author pre-orders count like double against best-selling lists so if that's something that you want to do is say i helped an author please jump over to getmomentum.com slash bonus And what we've got there for you is a long list of extras that you can get. So get a copy of the book right now on Amazon. It's about 17 bucks and we're going to give you a whole bunch of goodies. So I know you'll put that in the show notes, Mike. So thanks. It's yeah, it'll definitely be in the show notes. And uh, where can people find Jody? Where they can find you? Where can they find Jason? Where where can you guys be found on the Internet? So that way people can, you know, learn more about getting momentum and then keeping momentum. Come check us out at getmomentum.com. Everything's there, and we'd love to see you. Awesome. Thanks so much for both of you for joining me this week on the Productivity Podcast. Thank you, Mike, and thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Jody and Jason for joining me this week on the show. Thanks for all of your support. If you want to support in a monetary fashion, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash productivityist and contribute any dollar amount from $1 all the way up to the $50 mark. The $50 mark gets you a coaching session per month with me, a 20-minute coaching session. So if you're into coaching and you want to get that, you can do that as well. Uh, There are lots of different perks you can get. So head over to patreon.com slash productivityist to do that. Not able to help out in a fiscal or monetary sense, that's not a problem either. What I'd love for you to do, if you're willing to help out, is to give a rating or review in iTunes. And uh, that would be easy to do. Uh, Just go over to iTunes, give me a rating, give me a review, give me both, whatever you want to do. And it helps people find the show. So that's pretty much all I want to say this time around. we got a lot of great stuff coming up in the weeks ahead. Uh, Big thanks to Inc., uh, dot com for ranking uh, uh, the productivity podcast as one of the top productivity podcasts out there. I'm really 
very honored that that that's what happened. Um, you know, I'm I'm in great company there, and so uh, and there's a lot of great podcasts there. So I encourage you to listen to them all, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. So big thanks to Inc. Uh, for uh, incorporating us into and integrating us and including us in that list. So big thanks to my podcast producer, John Polster, for putting the whole show together again this week. And until next time, I am your host, Mike Vardy, founder of Productivityist, Productivity Strategist, and host of the Productivityist podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.